Right, so let's turn our Bibles to the book of 1 Samuel. We'll be in 1 Samuel chapter number 7. 1 Samuel chapter number 7. And we look forward to what the Word of God has for us this morning. And I'm going to read one verse of Scripture uh, for our text. And uh, I'll ask you to keep your Bibles open this morning. <coughs> and uh, I believe there's a message this morning that God would have for us uh, that'll be a help to us and a reminder uh, to us. If I uh, could speak to... Uh, our entire nation today, um, I believe that this would be a pertinent uh, message for them. Uh, if I had the opportunity, if I was asked to say by individuals that our church is dead or dying, what would you say to them? I believe uh, that I would, uh, I could bring this uh, message this morning. Uh, but I do not have that audience, uh, but I have your audience this morning, and I'd ask every individual to uh, listen to me today because I believe this message uh, will be a help to us. I want to read verse number 3, uh, 1 Samuel chapter number 7. And Samuel spake unto all the house of Israel, saying, If ye do return unto the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the strange gods and, uh, and Ashtaroth from among you, and prepare your hearts unto the Lord, and serve Him only, and He will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. Uh, this morning, I want to uh, bring a, a message that I believe will be a good reminder to us. Uh, I want to speak specifically to a Christian this morning who you can think back to a time when you had a closer relationship to God than you do right now. Uh, maybe you, your heart is not as far away as what we would say somebody in the world, their heart is. Uh, but sometimes we look at people who have left the things of God, they've left the house of God, and uh, you would even know they were a Christian by the way they live, and we use the term backslidden, they're backslidden, and certainly that's true. But you can sit on a church pew and be backslidden. Uh, all you have to do is be able to think of a time in your life when you were closer to God than you are now. A uh, simple definition that I use is if you were a better Christian yesterday than you are today, you're backsliding. And so whether your heart is cold far away from God, I want you to listen to me, whether or not it's just not as warm as it used to be, I want you to listen to me this morning. And then if you could say this morning, honestly, Pastor, um, my fellowship with God is good, I still want you to listen to me, because there'll be some reminders of how we get away from God this morning. And what is said in the message and what we find in verse number three, our text Certainly be a help if we ever had the opportunity to help somebody else who's gotten away from God. Let me just say before I pray and give you the title of my message this morning, we're all prone to wonder. It's easy to let our hearts get cold. It's a lot easier just to take our hands off and life happens and then our relationship and fellowship with God isn't what it used to be. I want to preach this morning on this subject, getting back what you lost, getting back what you lost. Father, I pray this morning that you'd help us as we look into the Word of God. And Father, this is a message that I know that you've sent today. I know by the Spirit of God that the message I preached this morning is your message. In our earlier service today, it has already been evidenced by the response that 
this message has been used in the heart of your children. And Father, I pray this morning that it would that the Spirit of God would work in those who are able to assemble today and work in the heart of those who are watching this morning by live stream. And Father, may the Spirit of God do what only the Spirit of God could do. <clears throat> Father, I pray that your will be done. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We look at our passage of Scripture this morning in 1 Samuel. And 1 Samuel is a very interesting book. The books of 1 and 2 Samuel are probably two of my favorite to read. There's a lot that takes place in these passages of Scripture. But I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but 1 Samuel, the way the, first, first, the book of 1 Samuel starts, uh, it is a very tumultuous time in the history of the nation of Israel. It is a very uh, difficult time, if you will. The book starts with several characters. Eli is the priest, and Eli had two wicked sons, Hophni and Phinehas. Chapter number one starts in... They are not the main characters. We, we see the lady Hannah, and Hannah is a focus of the beginning of the book. Hannah is a lady who begged God for a miracle. She begged God for a son, and she promised God that if God did the miracle and God gave her a son, she would give her son back to him. God did give Hannah a son by the name of Samuel. And Hannah did give Samuel back to God. As the book continues, we, we get a real sense of the wickedness of Hophni and Phinehas and how they were supposed to be tending to the things of God and yet they were living a wicked life, thus defiling the house of God. But Samuel has been given to God and he is going to live his life to serve God. We move into chapter number 3 of the book of Samuel, and we find a very troubling thing take place. The scripture tells us that the lamp of God goes out. The lamp of God is, was never to go out. The lamp of God was to always stay lit, and it was the responsibility of those in the temple to make sure that it was lit. And those who shirked their responsibility allowed the light of God to go out in the temple. But we find later in that same chapter, God making the promise, though, that He was going to do something in the nation of Israel that everybody who heard it would make their ears tingle. And God was not done. And this is a reminder for you and I, no matter how dark the day, God still works. No matter how dark the day, God is not bound. In the midst of that darkness... God had a plan, and he had someone that he would use, and that was the, the child by the name of Samuel. But as we continue in the book of 1 Samuel, we find God calling unto Samuel. And the confusion of that child of wondering whose voice it was, and I'll not take the time to go through the whole story, but it ends with the fact that Samuel looked at God and said, Here am I answering God who called him. Then in chapter number 4, some very troubling things take place for the nation of Israel. The Philistines, the 
enemies of God came and they took the ark of God. The ark of the covenant which represented the presence of God, which represented the power of God, from which his presence and his power gave protection to God's people and blessings to his people. The Philistines came and captured the ark, and in the process, Hophni and Phinehas were killed. Eli, we find, as the scripture continues, Eli gets the report of his sons being killed, and he also gets the report of the ark of the covenant being taken. Eli, upon hearing of the news that the ark had been taken, he falls and breaks his neck, and his life ends upon hearing that news. In the same passage of Scripture, toward the conclusion of that chapter, the Bible tells us that the wife of Phineas delivers a child. And when she delivers that child, she names the child Ichabod, which means the glory is departed. And if you go back and you read at the end of chapter number 4, she gives reference to the reason she names her child Ichabod. She directly references the ark being taken. The ark, the presence of God, is no longer amongst His people. That which from the blessings uh, flowed, God and His power and His presence is now gone. And she recognized that the glory has departed. And friend, let me interject right there. When God leaves your life, when you leave God, the glory truly does depart. As we continue in the book of 1 Samuel, it's very interesting how God dealt with the Philistines to the point where they get to the end of chapter number 6 and they say, come get the ark, we don't want it anymore. We find our text this morning, Samuel speaks to the people, and if I could paraphrase, he says it like this. There's some things you need to do in order to get back what you lost. Because what they lost was not just the physical being of that ark. It was what it represented. It, It was the presence of God. It was the power of God. And they had been without it for more than 20 years... They had been without the Ark of the Covenant. For 20 years, those that had lived from the time of of Eli and those that were alive during those times and those that remember the Philistines coming and taking the Ark and, and the priests dying and the sons being killed, and they could give testimony of what it was like having the presence of God and Now for these more than 20 years, they have lived without the presence of God amongst them. They have lived without the power of God amongst them. And when that was gone, the blessings had stopped. They could testify of what it was before and what it is now. In that audience, as Samuel speaks, were 
those that were but a child or were born since the time the ark was taken. And to think about this, they had never known what it was like to have the presence of God amongst them. They had never known what it was like to have the power of God amongst them. They had been absent of it their entire life, but now they have the ability to get back what they had lost. And what a wonderful testimony to our God that even when we lose His presence and we lose His power in His providence and His care and His love, we can't get back that which was lost. We can't get back the presence of God in our life. We can't get back the power of God in our life. We can't get back the blessings of God in our life. This morning I make a simple application to you and I. Can you remember, Christian, the time when you had sweet fellowship with God? Can you take your mind back to a time where Every day started with time in the Scriptures. Can you take your mind back to a place in your life when every time the Word of God was preached, your heart burned? Can you take your your mind back to the time when you were a willing witness to the loss and you had a spirit that said, God, search me and and remove any wicked thing from me. Can you remember a time when you were closer to God than you are right now? If you are honest, if you can think of that, it may be 20 years. It may be but a short time when you've allowed your heart to get cold to the things of God. Perhaps there's somebody, your tent is already pitched towards Sodom. You've got one foot in the world. Your heart is already there. It's just a matter of time before your body follows. But I'm also speaking this morning to the one who has just been a short time, but because of schedule change and because things are differently and, and maybe your responsibilities have changed or maybe you just quit paying attention to your relationship with God and your heart just isn't as warm to the things of God as they used to be. Remember, Christian, when you first got saved and you wanted to be a part of everything God was doing. If you even thought the Bible implied something, you were changing it. And the thought that you could talk to God and God would talk to you just was an amazing thing, and you grew and you grew and you grew in your relationship, and you can think of those warm times that God dealt with you and that your heart was knitted to God, but you've been saved for a while now, and you haven't given quite the attention to your relationship with God as you used to have. His presence isn't quite as real as it used to be. How about it, young adult? Remember when you were in the youth group and you actually went soul winning? You remember when you were in the youth group and you actually read the scripture? How about a Christian? You remember a time when you were close, closer to God and you could feel the presence of God speaking to you? 
I think our story this morning, I know our story this morning will give us the recipe to get back what we lost. God wants to be close to each and every one of us. God's power is real. His presence is real. And let's be honest this morning. We all have the tendency to get cold in our heart. We all have a tendency to get away from God. It is something that we take for granted. We have taken for granted the presence of God in our nation for not just years now, but for decades. And it shows that we're paying a price for it. In our churches, we've taken uh, for granted the power and the presence of God. And we just haven't given attention to the things that that book says that we ought to give attention to. And in our own life, in our own home, because we don't give attention on a daily basis, we are pulled, we're entangled by the affairs of this world, and we don't have a relationship with God that is warm and is real. And if we're honest this morning as a Christian, we have to say, it's been a while since I've felt the presence of God in my life. But you can have it back if you want it. You can get back what you lost. We find again in our text, Samuel is going to give some very specific instructions to the people if they want it back. See, the people missed the blessings. And friend, no matter where you are in life, don't listen to this world. You cannot put a price tag on the peace in your heart of knowing you are in the will of God. Hey, there's, there, there's, there's, there, you can't put the price tag on not having to look over your shoulder wondering when the judgment of God is going to catch you, wondering when God is going to put something in your life to get your attention. There is something about having a warm relationship with God. And if you remember it and, and, and you don't have it now, you can get it back. Let's look at the instruction that Samuel gave the people that day about getting back what they lost. In Samuel, verse number 3, spake unto all the house of Israel, saying, If ye do return unto the Lord with all your hearts. Notice that phrase, all your hearts. And let me say, number one, if you want to get back what you lost, it starts with the heart. There are a lot of Christians who think it's a good idea to have a good relationship with God. But it's your heart. And what Samuel is saying, he's saying, all your heart, you need to make a commitment. You need to surrender every part of you to God. And we've got, just quite frankly this morning, too many Christians, they've lost the presence of God. They've lost the power of God. There was a day when they had it. There was a day when they were familiar with it. There was a day when they were in sweet fellowship with God. There was a day they were in the house of God. And every time the word of God opened, they wanted God to speak to their heart. But they've gotten cold and they've, they've relaxed. Uh, maybe it's the schedule change. They don't give attention to the things of God <coughs> like they used to give. What you need is not a half hearted commitment, but to surrender your heart. And our churches are full today of Christians who half-heartedly commit to God. Young people half-heartedly surrender their life. Parents half-heartedly commit themselves to rearing their children according to the Word of God. Christians half-heartedly 
seek the face of God. Half-heartedly do the will of God. And you'll never get back what you lost until you surrender your complete heart to Him. It's time we as God's people, it is time we as Christians say, God, search me. Let me know if there's something in my heart that should not be there. I want to deal with the things in my heart. You can have back the presence of God. You can have back the power of God. You can have the blessings that come from that, but you must first deal with your heart. A lot of, lot of Christians like the idea of it, but they don't want to deal with their heart. Can I remind all of us something of something this morning? God knows our heart. He knows if we're sincere. And a lot of times we want to, as Christians, we want to put the blame on everybody else because of our lack of a real relationship with God. We want to put the blame on the church. We want to put the blame on the pastor. We want to put the blame on on parents. We want to put the blame on people. No, friend, if you have a cold relationship with God, you've got nobody to blame but yourself, and you're never going to get it back until you're willing to deal with your heart and your condition and surrender yourself to Him. If you're going to get back what you lost, number one, it starts with the heart. Number two, let's continue to read. Then... Put away the strange gods and Ashtaroth from among you. The second thing I'll mention today, if you want to get back what you lost, some changes must be made. This is where we lose a lot of Christians. Their heart gets stirred in a church service. Their heart gets stirred in a conversation with pastor or another Christian or mom and dad or some, some spiritual help. And they like the idea. They say, yes, I want to get back what I lost. A lot of times I'll get phone calls from Christians who are away from the Lord, and they'll say, Pastor, I've, I've come to myself. Pastor, I, I want to get it back. I want to, I want to be able to to get in the Word of God again. I want, to, I want God's blessing. I want God to be real in my life again. I, I, I'm tired of running from Him. I, I want his, the, the realness and the presence in my life. But then we get to the second truth here. Some changes have got to be made. And then we understand whether or not the heart is fully committed. You must return unto the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the strange gods. See, it's a little easier to figure out than we like to think. It's not a great mystery because where your heart is, your life's going to follow. And if you want to get back what you lost, and you want to get back having a prayer life, and you want to get back that sweet communion with God, you want to get back that fellowship and just knowing that His presence is real, His power is real, His blessings are real. If you want to get that back, you've got to give your whole heart. And when you do that, it'll be revealed in putting away the strange gods. You may say, well, Pastor, I don't have any, any gods that I worship. I don't have any gods that I, that, that I give my allegiance. Just to, but friend, what has replaced God in your schedule? 
What has replaced God in your priorities? What is it or who is it that has gotten in the way of your fellowship with God? See, Christians, if we want the power of God back, and this is where we come to as a nation, there's all kinds of talk as God's trying to get our attention. We want revival once again, and we can say that with the sincerity, with all of our heart, but until we're willing to put away the strange gods, until we're willing to put away the things that take us away from God, we're never going to have it back. Some things have to be changed. If you want to get the power of God back, if you want the presence of God back, you're, you're probably going to have to open the Bible once in a while. You might need to change your friends some. You might need to change some associations or prioritize a schedule. You might need to remove some things from your life that is preventing you from having the relationship with God that you ought to have. Quite frankly, it's not hard as a pastor to see the sincere heart and the insincere heart because if somebody really wants to get back to God, they really want to restore their relationship with God, they really want to serve Him, and they want to know the power again, they want to know the presence again, they begin to put away the things that got in between them and God, and they push it all aside, and they say, I don't want anything in between me and God. I don't want anything there uh, between us and I want to put the things away. Isn't it about time, Christian, that you quit looking over your shoulder wondering what's coming? But isn't it about time how, you see, we reveal. We reveal our priorities. But some things are going to have to be put away. More than 20 years has passed since they had the ark. But they did not stop worshiping between the time the ark was taken and this time, they had replaced what they worshipped. The same is true of Christians today. You, before, you had the presence. God had your heart. You didn't stop worshipping. You just started worshipping something else. You started worshiping a job. You started worshiping money. You started worshiping things of this world, approval of this world. We didn't stop worshiping. We just replaced God with another God. And you cannot get back that which was lost without putting away the strange gods. Do you remember a time in your life when you were closer to God than you are now? You've got to let God get a hold of your heart. You've got to put away some things. You've got to change some things. Number three, as we think of getting back what, we, what you lost, number three, it must become all about God. It must become all about God. If you do return unto the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the strange gods and Ashtaroth from among you and prepare your hearts unto the Lord. Notice those words, unto the Lord. 
It's supposed to be all about God. See, when you really want that relationship with God, when you really want every time this book is open for the Spirit of God to work in your heart and burn in your heart and you really want to know that when you go to your knees in prayer that you're actually entering into the presence of God and there's nothing hindering you. You want to go throughout your life and go throughout your day aware that God is with you and you feel His closeness and you, and you feel His presence. I mean, you remember that time when, when it was like that. And if you want that back, yes, you've got to surrender your heart and you've got to put the strange gods away. You've got to change your habits. You've got to change your associations. You've got to change your priorities. But it's got to all become about God. Everything I do is with Him in mind. The decisions I make, is this going to glorify Him? The places I go, is it going to glorify Him? The words that I say, are they going to glorify Him? It becomes all about God. We become, we get to a place where it's, is my life pleasing to Him? Are my actions pleasing to Him? And we're not really as much concerned about what everybody else thinks. We're not really concerned about what this world thinks. We're not really concerned even about what our brothers and sisters think because it's all about God. And if I'm pleasing God, I, I know that His presence will be in my life. And if I'm pleasing God, then I know that I'm living my life the way I should live. It becomes all about Him. Let's be honest. Isn't it not true of all of us at some point in our life? It becomes all about us. No, that's the wrong, the wrong focus this morning is for a Christian to make life about them. But pastor, this is what I want. This is what I think. Those are words of a person who used to have a relationship with God, who no longer have His presence, who no longer have His power. It's been a thing of the past, but this is what I want to do with my life. This is what I think I should do. These are the next steps I want to take. And no consideration of, God, what can I do for you? How can I use this one life I have for you? Are my decisions honoring you? Is my direction the reason why you put me here? If you want His presence back, you want His power back, you want the blessings to flow again, it must become all about God. Because God's not interested in it being all about you. See, the Christian life isn't as hard as we make it. And that brings me to number four. The fourth statement I'll make this morning in getting back what you lost is let God do the work. You just keep focusing on God. After you put away the strange gods, repair your hearts unto the Lord and serve Him only. Which reminds me, you can't serve God and mammon. It reminds me that you can't serve the world and God, serve God only. And He will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. The nation of Israel, they were tired of being slaves. They were tired of being defeated at the hand of the enemy. 
And Samuel says, if you want to really get back what you had before the ark was taken, you want the presence of God back. There's things you need to do. And then he gets to the end of that verse, and we come to that final truth this morning. Let God work everything out. You just keep focusing on God. We as Christians don't have to help God out. We as Christians don't need to add our two cents to what God is doing. This point reminds me of Matthew 6, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Too many times Christians are trying to get all of these things, and yet it's a good thing for me to have this. There's nothing wrong with that. I believe God wants me to have this, and I believe God wants me to have this. I can't tell you how many times I've used this verse of Scripture in counseling young adults and them seeking a spouse. That's something God said He'd give you. You don't have to go get it. You seek God, and He'll add this, 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 and He'll add the right job, and He'll add the right situation, and He'll add the answer to the prayer when you need it, and He'll add this, and He'll add this. That is a promise of God if you seek Him first. But you've got to keep your focus on God. Too many times we try and do what God has said He'd do. And it really comes back, if we are not willing to make it all about God, let Him do the work, then we can go all the way back to point number one. He really doesn't have our heart. If He has our heart, we're going to make changes. If He has our heart, we're going to make it all about Him. You know, I, I want to enjoy this life. There are things in this life I want to enjoy. But I really think, Christians in general, we got to get back to the place that if I die a pauper, and God is pleased with my life, and I've lived a good life. If my life, I have unfulfilled dreams. But it's not about me. It's about God. And I can be discounted. I can be disappointed that some things didn't work out. I cannot have certain things in this life. God could see fit to even cut my life short, but if it's all about Him, He's working out all of those details, and I can live my life knowing that I had His power, I had His presence, I had His blessings, and friend, you can't put a price tag on that. You can't go down to the, to, to the, to the local store and say, I want to buy the presence of God. I want to buy the, the, the power of God. You either have it or you don't, and the saddest words that I've ever heard a Christian say I used to have his presence. I used to be able to get things from God. I used to feel close to God. We've become so enamored with this world and things, but the people found out more than 20, 
long years. They were slaves to their own passions. They were absent of the presence of God. Hell is going to be a horrible place. Hell is a horrible place. The Bible talks about the physical torment. Those in hell and those that one day will be cast in hell will, will face. One of the worst things about hell, if not the worst thing about hell, is the fact that God is absent from there. I've, I've dealt with all types of people throughout my life in ministry, and one time you'll hear them say, I don't, in so many words, I don't need God. And then when they face a situation, they're crying out to God. It's almost like they think they can live a life and keep God in their back pocket. He's there if I need Him. But in hell, that, that's not the reality. You think and maybe your mind has gone to the last days the scripture speaks about in recent days. And certainly all these events get us closer. When the Christians are raptured out of here, this world has no idea how horrible of a place this is going to be. Because whether they believe in God whether they curse God, whether they hate God, the fact that those that are born again are on this planet with the Spirit of God in us, the presence of God is here. And when God is completely removed from a situation, it is dark. It is darker than you and I can imagine. Those are going to be some horrible times. But I think what would compare to that is being a child of God and because of our own doing, not having fellowship with Him. Because of our own doing, we've replaced Him. Don't live, Christian. I don't know who this message is. I know it's for all of us, but specifically, there may be somebody. God sent this message to you today to wake you up. God sent this message to you today to get your attention. Maybe before the progression continues, and while your heart's just a little cold, maybe he sent this message today to, to, to snap you to attention, to say, I need to start giving attention to the things I've let slide even in recent days. Maybe there's somebody in the building or listening this morning. It's been a long time since you've cracked this book open, except for your pastor saying, turn to such and such in your Bible. It's been a long time since you've even prayed a prayer, except for, thank you for this food, bless it to my body. It's been a long time since you've 
sought the face of God to make a decision instead of seeking the world and the culture to shape your thoughts and to shape your focus. It's been a long time since you said, God, would you reprove me? Would you mold me? Would you make me into what you want me to be? It's just been a long time since you've gone throughout your day and you felt the presence of God. And he was so real that you felt like you could almost touch him. His presence was so strong and you knew that he was there. It's been a long time. The purpose of my message this morning is not to scold you, but just to remind you that you can get back what you've lost. I wonder how many times around that verse number three, those people were thinking, I remember what it was like when the presence of God was here. I don't want to spend my life lying to myself and lying to other people. Really, when I'm all by myself, knowing that God's presence isn't real in my life. This morning, would you allow the Spirit of God to work in your heart? We all have a tendency to allow our heart to grow cold. Perhaps this morning, somebody in the service or Somebody may be in their own home as they watch the service today. You need to surrender your heart to God. You need to get back to the place, God, you have my heart. I'm going to do what what I know is pleasing to you. But then right behind that, it's time to put away the strange gods. This morning, there's not a doubt in my mind as I prayed on this message last night and In the early hours this morning, there's not a doubt in my mind that there are Christians who are members of the Emmanuel Baptist Church who you need to come to this altar or make an altar at your house and you need to put some things on this altar that has got in the way of you and God. You need to put aside some relationships and and change some habits and and get get your priorities right and say, it's time that I make God the focus of my life and all my life is going to be about Him. All my focus is going to be on Him. Everything I do is going to be about God and I'm going to let God work out the details. I'm going to let God take care of everything in my life. I'm just going to keep my focus on him you can have his presence back but you're not gonna get it just because you say you want it here's the ark after more than 20 years you say you want it here's what you need to do in order to get it are you willing to do it Christian, make the application as the Spirit